Are thou ready? Yup. Ready, Eddie? Yup, yup. You can hear me, right? Yeah, loud and clear. Okay. In three, two, one. Hello? You've reached Hoop and Holler, a square one podcast on basketball and other shenanigans. Danny Green, I'm mad at Danny Green. I just want to thank everybody that's been in my corner during this time. With Reagan Griffin Jr. Reagan, you're the best, man. I'm the clamp guy. I am the Giannis Antetokounmpo of Lion Center. Eddie's son. Probably won't get hired by, you know, ESPN anytime soon. So <laughs> we don't got that clutch connection. And Julio Martinez. On uh, Giannis and the Bucks, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. Please clap. It comes from at underscore underscore uh, KLU2 on Twitter. Bro, the fact that you knew there were two underscores before the at underscore underscore KLU. He knows your that, Twitter. That means I'm tweeting it too much. But at, when it boils down, like, that's what we're here for is the yeah. basketball. Welcome back to another episode of Hoop and Holler. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Julio Martinez, and making a surprise reappearance, the man, the myth, the legend himself. The, the guy! The British. The Brit, The British. <laughs> the British. Uh, the bloody wanka himself. Eddie's son. <laughs> I can't do what. Eddie, say what's up Come to on, the bro. first man. You say what? Come on, bros. Come on, bruv. Bruv. Come on, bruv. Eddie, it's been a while since you've been on the show, man. I know. How does it feel that Hoop and Holler is going global? Facts. You know, international. That's facts. Coming at you from everywhere in the world, man. Shoot, we might be able to record an episode when I'm in Ghana. Shoot. True. Yeah. That's a lot of continents. Hoop and holler and worldwide. Then, and then also when, uh, you know, w- when I go to, when we go to Reagan's house and, me- oh, you, shit. You that's, keep saying that's, that. That's in, uh, that's, that's in, that's in, uh, in the country, so never mind. I thought that was in the middle of, of fucking nowhere, but. I ain't gonna lie, I didn't get it. Because <laughs> we, me and him got in an argument that Memphis is a D-tier city, and so. Did, did you you hear that episode, Eddie? Yeah, I did. I did. You agree with me that Miami's A tier, right? No, yeah, I agree. Right. And Memphis is B tier. It's a C tier city. It's C tier. It's B tier. I'm not going to do the this most, with y'all. The today. most iconic landmark is a Bass Pro Shop. So that's, like, not that's not true. Yo! You no, know that's not true. You're just Yo! capping. You're just capping. <laughs> What's the most iconic landmark in San Francisco? Don't say the bridge. Uh, you can't just why, take why out. Why can't I say the bridge? Huh? Why can't I say the bridge? You don't say the bridge. You can't just say because it's not even okay. red for real. So it's just a bunch okay. of like rust. Okay, the other. Okay, the other bridge. No, it's not golden. You mean it is red? I mean that's what I'm saying. It's not golden, and like the red that kind of has that cool little aesthetic. It's not even real like red. It's just like a bunch of rust. So you can't. You can't just say all right. Say New York, and you can't say Statue of Liberty. I took one away from San Francisco. If I said New York, I was like, oh, don't say Statue of Liberty. That's not even in New York, New York. Eddie, what's in New York? What's in New York? Rockefeller Center? Don't, don't say Empire State Building. Rock, You'd still Rockefeller be able to get Center? off on me. You Wall, know what I'm saying? Wall Street. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I took one away, and you still got shit to say. All right, so from S-tier cities, you have... 
and unlimited, right? Right. A tier okay, city. A tier city. You got. What? I say Miami. Don't say South Beach. What you got? You can't say that though. <laughs> maybe it's not A tier. A tier gotta have what? Maybe one I, or two. Maybe maybe I, maybe Miami's not. All right, let's get to it. So you, guys, so you guys know not to not to have this whole conversation again, but you guys know how I feel about cities. Like I don't care about landmarks. Like I care about big facts. You know, like. The small stuff, like big the facts. Stuff. So, if you said Miami, I would say like Hialeah or something, you know, something like that. Big facts. You don't even know what Hialeo is, big Julio. Facts, What's Hialeo, Julio? Big facts. What's, what, Let's get what's to the, the fucking... What, what, what did he just That's say? what we're talking about. <laughs> the basketball. Let's go ahead and jump, talk about some basketball. As a matter of fact, man, we need deep into these playoffs. Eddie wanted so badly to talk about him that he said, man... Next time you record an episode, call me, get me on the podcast. I got something to say. So before we jump into our preview of the second round, let's go ahead and recap a lot of the happenings of the first round. We had a couple series end last night. Why don't we start with the 1-8 out west? Suns took out the Pelicans. What were our takeaways from that series? Go ahead, Eddie. Let, okay, let so you have the first shot. My takeaway is that I think really Green proved that he is – like, he made himself into a top-five coach right now, just in terms of, like, how he's galvanized the team, right? Like, I think they started 0-11, and then by the end of the year, like, you saw that clearly they, they clearly bought into, you know, what the team was about. They played really hard. They defended really hard. And, you know, like, just think about from the beginning of the season, the whole Zion thing, like, is he going to go to New York? Like, is he getting injured and, like, not um, – you know, working because he's frustrated with New Orleans. Now at the end of the year, it's all, you know, good vibes, right? Go, going one in ten. In. And then, of course, like all the role players stepping, stepping up with Alvarado and Herb, Herb Jones and Trey Murphy, like you clearly see that they're building something really good there. And that, I think, starts with Willie Green, and he seems like a really good motivator, a guy who really connects with his players, and, of course, also has good game plans. Um and I think just from the series alone, you can't say enough good things about the direction the Pelicans are headed in. Julio, I know you're one who's generally inclined to say the rookies are cute and whatever, but like you got to trade them at some point. Yeah. The, the, from, what, from what you saw from Herb Jones, Alvarado, and Trey Murphy, is that still your sentiments? I mean, they showed a, a crazy uh, maturity for a young team because young teams can be galvanized just like the stupid Minnesota Timberwolves which we'll get to um but you're not even young for real but you know it, it's I, I, I I'm not gonna say it's easy to galvanize a young team but it's hard to I would say it's difficult to keep them mature and steady in moments of I guess crisis going down uh 2 and, and you know winning two games against a, a, a top tier team like the Suns and, and staying steady in you know crunch time moments and, and bi stepping up consistently um but it's uh you know it was impressive and, and to the point of the rookies i mean i i just think that there's 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 only three and i mean they're they're not like all-time superstars I, I think they're the perfect uh players to be role players for the long term just like an alex caruso type you, you know what i'm saying so from that perspective i'm the type of dude to be like Oh, I got to keep Alex Caruso. As much as I love Desmond Bain, he is a role player. He is a role player, right? Right. And so he's a guy that, no, this dude I'm going to hang on to like no matter what almost. And so for those types of players, not players that are drafted high in the fucking first round and, 
you know, they have all this potential. Those are the times when I say trade, take advantage of the perceived value or future value that these players will have. But when it comes to these players, like top tier role players, now I got to keep those. I got to keep those. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I mean, I guess echoing the sentiments that y'all just expressed, um, Pelicans did show a lot before. I mean, I guess at the, I mean, I remember talking about it with you, like the CJ trade. I, I almost verbatim. I think I remember saying like CJ is a great player, but he's not going to move the needle. I, was I just was wrong. like, what's the point? I was wrong about that shit. CJ has so much more to him than I, I mean, and I know CJ is one of the most skilled players in the NBA. Um, in terms of like footwork, shot making, all that stuff, but his, his creation ability, I think, impressed me more than anything. I didn't think he had all that in him to kind of like facilitate offense, to be trusted in crunch time situations, um, to be kind of like the on court extension of a guy like Willie Green. I didn't think that was in him to do that. So I, I, um, I just thought like, what, what's, what was the point of that trade? But it, it just goes to show you that winning should always take the priority, especially with younger teams, and getting that playoff experience over, uh, and I kind of joked about it before when they were in the playing tournament, it, that that should take priority over getting another draft pick. Mm. You know, that that, yeah. that takes the priority, winning, because that'll, you know, galvanize not only the team and the players, but also the fans. Right. I will say I think that we did overlook what CJ can provide to the Pelicans as a second guy who can get a bucket so you don't have Brandon Ingram doing all the work. Um, and that being said, I feel like it's also important that when it just comes down to winning in the NBA, like it's really just about how competitive you're willing to be because on Portland, like a really unserious team this year, like CJ can get his 20 points, but like he wasn't defending, he wasn't fighting over screens, any of that. Now you get him on the Pelicans, it's like he's doing all the dirty work because he's motivated to do it along with you know, the scoring, and that's when you realize, like, it's not that CJ was a worse player in Portland, it's just that they were such an unserious team this year that he looked not great at times or just, like, checked out at times. Right. Um. No, yeah, 100%. Hats off to the Pelicans, man. Hopefully Zion Williamson, you know, insert him back in the lineup, get a little bit more of a boost, and they keep it pushing. But let's go ahead and keep it pushing here. And another series that got ended last night was the – um. The Jazz versus the Mavs. How did we feel? Well, why don't I start here? Was this the last time that we saw this current iteration of the Utah Jazz play? Uh, when you say iteration, are you including the coach? Yeah. Then yes, they're gonna. I, I feel like they're gonna run it one more year with and make slight changes to the roster. And when I say slight changes, I mean anybody outside of. Uh, um, uh, what the fuck? I Donovan. almost called him Davion Mitchell, <laughs> Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert. Um, but uh, I, I feel like they're gonna make a try to make another run with the coach, blame it on the coach, see if because uh, they, I mean, they they have fine pieces. It's just it's all it's like a beef going on, and it's just fucking drama. I feel like they're gonna run it one more time with another coach. It's not gonna work, and then they're gonna break it up, or they might break it yeah. up by the middle of next season. But I, I think it's done. Like, I think it's done because you have reporters coming out, like, jazz beat reporters saying, like, this is by far the most dramatic and, like, tiring year they've ever worked because, like, just following the team and tracking all of the, like, shit that's come out of that, you know, like, locker room the whole year. So I feel like just from their reports, like, you can tell that it's probably done. Like, they don't want to deal with the Donovan Mitchell-Rudy Gobert what? relationship anymore. 
and I feel like right now is the time to really cut bait on all of them. Like Donovan Mitchell, you can send him to the Knicks. Quinn Snyder, you can go coach the Lakers. What is Rudy Gobert's like, value? So that okay, that that's what I'm gonna get to. I would say like Mike Conley, like even though he had a really shitty series, like he can, you know, you might get a little bit back for him, or he gets bought out because like he's a respectable player. You know, he can go to the Clippers or something. Lakers. Um, but yeah, Gobert, like what is his value? I think that's the question. Come home, like, Memphis, does, man. Does Dallas go after him? Perfect. Like what team goes after him? But yeah, I think I think everyone is gone. Like it's time to start over. They got Danny Ainge this year. I think because they envisioned that they were going to kind of install a new leadership team, you know. So kind of like I think this is just the right time for them to just start over. Like they had a good run the last five six years or so. Um, but, so you, know, you you so you getting off of Donovan? That's what I heard. Well, I don't think Donovan wants to be there long term. I don't so. either. Why, Man, you like, was the one saying that? that he he not leaving. When? Who said that? I swear to God, you was saying that. No. When I I, I first brought up the reports of him in the Knicks and all that, you I like, don't think he's going to the Knicks. Man, all right. But so Donovan I, don't want to be in Utah. I'm gonna end up being right. You are gonna end up owing me uh, whatever it is we bet on. We did, bro, Julio. I swear to God, you come up with the most insane. Like, Eddie, Eddie, correct me if I'm wrong. Julio be just stuffing words down your throat so hard your esophagus clogged, bro. <laughs> no freaky. Yo, say? <laughs> no freaky. But like, damn, I did not say. I, I'm like, I feel like Donovan Mitchell doesn't want to be a Utah Jazz, and it doesn't have everything to do with Rudy Gobert. Some of it, a lot of it, perhaps to do with Rudy Gobert. But even outside of their relationship, I doesn't seem like. I don't know. I get the vibe that it's, it's not a Rudy thing. It's a cultural thing. It's an organizational thing. It's a fucking racist thing because Utah is just a weird-ass place. <laughs> oh, to, shit. I don't yeah. know. But like, I don't know. People don't want to be in Utah. Dwayne Wade, I don't care how much he, he pull up courtside. Uh, it's not going to convince me to stay in Utah, bro. It's fucking Utah. No. Um, I mean, like, talk about a bad investment. Like, how do you buy into the franchise and then not everybody wants to leave? Right. And, like, you're not even from Utah. And then the guy that's like a prototypical kind of, you know, uh, poor man's D Wade wants He's to like, leave nah, too. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm good on it. Yeah, but yeah. A- anyways, um, it, I, what I'm really excited about is uh, I- I'm happy that Luca's healthy. I'm excited to see him in next series, and especially like the development and uh, this injury is going to be a blessing in disguise uh, for the Mavericks because it may. Maybe we should hold off on that because I want to talk about that Jazz. Or I want to talk what? about the Mavs Sun series when we start no. doing our second round preview. Okay, okay, yeah. we'll, we'll hold off. But I was just gonna say the ascension in this series of Jalen Brunson. Mm. That shit, you know, he can play. It, it was a blessing. I, I would say that life. has been. Yeah, I mean, you're, right. Way, you're right to say that. Dallas, Dallas hasn't won a playoff series since 2011. 2011. Yeah, like we know what happened that year. Oh, we know what happened in 2011. So you never know. You never know. Um, out east, the finished series are Raptors. Raptors got taken out last night. No, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't finish the West. There's one more in the West. Oh, oh yeah, man. Okay, go ahead, Eddie. You got it. You got it. Go ahead, talk, bro. Honestly, I don't even have that much to say Cap. other than Jokic is definitely top three going into next year, and anyone who had questions about his like MVP legitimacy, like. Like, come on, you just had to watch that series to see, like, how special he is. And honestly, like, I was scared that we were going to lose that game five. 
and, you know, like lose control of the series because, I mean, and I think I texted in the group chat about this, that Denver's a team that if you give them, you know, if you give them that, um, then what do you call it? Like if, if you give them the, the fuel, you know, like they'll add to the fire. And, you know, if you give them that confidence, like they'll keep building momentum and they've shown it like year in, year out. Um, and especially having Jokic there, that's really dangerous. But, yeah, I, honestly, outside of that, I don't have much to say. I'll save the Warriors' thoughts for yeah. Memphis. I mean, honestly, yeah, my, 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 my two favorites going into next year would, would probably have to be uh, the Clippers, like I've mentioned in, in, our, talking about in our text. Championship favorites for next year? No, no, no. Like uh, West favorites. Oh shit! Uh, it'd probably have to be the Clippers, and then I might have to go Nuggets second. I'm not even gonna lie on that. Like, I might just have to put them second if if Jamal Murray can be, you know, Jamal, and it's gonna take him some time to get back to normal. Um, if he can get back to normal, I might have to put him second, and I'm I'm not. That, that's not even an exaggeration in my head. Um, and 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 Mike Malone shows that he's just a really good coach yeah. every year. I mean, Jokic, like, and this is why I hate when people like, I don't know, judge players based on their. Okay. All right. <laughs> Intruder alert. Um, I hate when people judge players based on the results of their team. Like, granted, that's a facet of it, but it, like you said, Eddie, it didn't take anything but sitting down and watching those games to understand how special of a player Nikola Jokic is. And the fact that they only won one game is in no way an indictment on how good Nikola Jokic is. And hearing fucking pundits talk about, oh, well, he was he needed to turn that 33 into 40 or whatever the fuck somebody said. Like, come on, dude. Like, Did people Nicole, really say that? Somebody said that. I think it might have been Shaq. But he was like, oh, it, it, like, he needed to, Yeah. Like, people were saying, like, oh, if Nikola Jokic was really that special, they should have gotten at least another game off but i mean the warriors played remarkably in the first half of that series that kind of you know wasn't as good in the latter half of it but no yeah the defining let, thing of that series was how good is nicole Jokic. let me ask eddie something i don't know i i think i, I noticed this early in the season but i i didn't want to say anything does clay thompson not like jordan Poole? Let's get, let's get to that. Let's get to that. Let's like, get to that. Like I'm, I'm not even. And look, I, I haven't read anything. I haven't seen anything. I ain't seen no tweets, no reports. I feel like we got to hold on to that. But let's put a pin This in that is one. something that I feel like I don't know. Why do you think that? I'm curious. Like, do you see it in like the body language or something? I see it in body language. I see it in kind of like. And, and Clay's a dude who. Hmm. Can we, can we, I feel like we got to talk about the other series before we get into that. Okay, that's gonna go be ahead. that's like that's go Warriors ahead. talk. Yeah, go um, Eddie, you ready to go, Julio? <laughs> you yeah. ready to go? Um, all right, let's run through the rest of these real quick then. Sixers, Sixers, Raptors put up a cool fight. Um, didn't get you know rocked. Um, I wanted going them down to win that game. Yeah. I, I was telling Reagan that uh, I, I I thought that the Sixers were going to close it out in Game Six, but if the Raptors won Game Six, I had the Raptors in seven because that, that would have oh, been yeah, ridiculous. That, that would have been ridiculous. But uh, yeah, I mean J- James Harden semi stepped up. Like I, yeah, I he know. he had a good game. Um, I still like the experiment that the Raptors are doing. Uh, I think that you know you talk about a young team with a lot of upside between. You mean, like, everyone's six foot nine? Right, like, yeah, yeah, a little. At the same time? Right. Um, Scotty, obviously, OG, Precious. Precious was playing well. Siakam, right, like, 
They got they got dudes. It, it'll be interesting to see what that Raptors team does moving forward. But obviously, this wasn't their year. 76ers are going to be an interesting team. Like, like it, it didn't feel like. I don't know. Like they they took those three games, but then you just started to see everything that you feared. Like I don't know. You saw the best of what you thought the Raptors could be. Maybe not even the best because Harden wasn't playing all that well. But then you saw like everything that you feared would be the rap or the 76ers downfall as the Raptors started to creep back into it, right? Um, yeah. The aggressiveness, the assertiveness, the right? Kind of you know the coaching ability, the the laid backness, I guess you you can say with James Harden, and then uh, put, putting kind of the perimeter scoring responsibilities uh, or or the big responsibility, the big ma- the majority of the burden on Tyrese Maxey, like. James, you got to fucking step up, bro. Right. He did the last game, but you need that from the jump. You, yeah. Yeah. Come on. Eddie, any any thoughts on that series? Yeah. I mean, so I still picked Toronto to win. I thought Me they too. would win because of the reasons you talked about. Like, Philly is just sort of unserious. Like, they can, they can sort of, you know, um, compound mistakes and not play solid basketball and the whole, like, you know. Doc Rivers thing, which by the way, like I don't know why he said what he, he got said so defensive, the other day. right? Like, like that's terrible. Like, how do you how do you trash on your former players? Like, I don't know, that's just a bad look. But yeah, like I thought, I thought Toronto would honestly be more solid in their defense, and may, maybe it's just that Embiid is too dominant, and I sort of overestimated it. But yeah, I mean, again, I think Philly. If you look at everyone in the East, who has more firepower, like. I don't know if any team has more firepower than Philly. It's just the game they play. Like, are they going to really put it together and, you know, really coalesce as a team? Because if they do, they can beat anybody. But it's just hard to believe that they will. Well, that's the thing about Embiid, too. Embiid hurt. Embiid hurt that now. Team. Although he, he, he said, looked better yesterday. He, he did, but he said it bothers him on, on passes and, and uh, rebounds, I think. But, yeah, he, he said it's been nagging. It's on his shooting hand, too. Yeah. You know, so that shit is bugging him. And then Harden's being bugged by having a, a, a big stomach. Um, <laughs> here comes Reagan saying, why you always got to trash on fat people, bro? You do. Like, damn. You do. Nah, I should have heard him pre-show. Zion <laughs> Williamson look chubby to you? He looks a little... Nah, he looks skinny, I said. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Which means he looked chubby at one point. Too. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on, Heat sealed their series um, again. Not much to talk about. Yeah, it's not much going on there. Do even Although the, the the one thing I do want to say, you cannot tell me PJ Tucker. You know he's known as a defender who guards like bigger dudes, like a dude like KD, who obviously KD can move, but he's not like a quick twitch type of dude. Bro was guarding Trey Young. He was he was getting like he was not doing well on him. Like you don't think so? I think. I don't think you can credit one guy. I mean, they, they, it, obviously they were putting, you know, they, they were switching and Because the thing is, him. when Trey Young blew by, like when P.J. Tucker was on him, I feel like he got a step on him. The defense collapses. And, like, credit to Miami, they make really good rotations. But, like, no one else on the Hawks team knows how to put the ball down and make a quick, good decision. You know, and, and that's really what the downfall was. And, like, obviously, I think Trey Young, like, he really has to improve the sort of scoring creation. Like, he has to find more ways to get buckets. But, like, the team around him, um, you know, like, they can shoot and whatnot, but they're not, they're just not good at putting the ball well, down. Well, they got to make not. a trade. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. No, I want to grow with this team. I want to see what they can be. Well, guess what? A lot of your fucking players have now lost a little bit of value. That that's just what what it is. You got to fucking capitalize. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. You don't think DeAndre Hunter has lost value? I would say he's gained value throughout this year. Yeah, hey, honestly, like. That last game when he put up 35, like, it leaves a good taste in a lot of people's mouth. Oh, freaky. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, the, not much to say on that series. Trey Young, I mean. It's hard to be a six-foot guard in the playoffs. I think that's the number one lesson of this year. Mm-hmm. Between I feel like people are ja, gassing. And Trey and Darius Garland. First of all, Ja's 6'3". He's skinny, but he's 6'3". Don't come from my, don't come from my dog. Second I'm of all, it's not easy. Second of all, it's, um, it's the hardest position in the playoffs. Anyways, um, Brooklyn. Yeah, Bro- did we talk about? Nah, we we didn't talk about them being closed out. Damn, oh, fucking sweet. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit. That if, if you'd have told me at the beginning that there was gonna only be one sweep, well. I would not have told yeah, you that the, was the series. The, the only team not to win a playoff game. And if you, we were to tell you that in like three of the four games that they, they played against each other, that anybody not named Kyrie and or if or uh, just mainly Bruce Brown and Seth Curry and Patty Mills would combine, you know, some days for like 56 points and, you know, 60 points, you would say, oh, that's definitely a dub. That's definitely a dub. And that's fucking definitely a dub. And you get into close games. Oh, here's a score. Nets up by four. Four minutes remaining. Who'd you give the dub to? The Nets. Right. None of that shit happened, bro. So here's my question for you. None of that shit happened. The narrative around, particularly coming from me, and I think, you know, generally there's a consensus here on Hoop and Holler, traditionally, um, that at the end of the day, between Kyrie and KD, there's no solution for their ability to make tough shots. But then over the course of four games, we saw what might have looked like a solution. What was well, that solution? The solution to people making tough shots is you have to make them make the tough shots, if that makes sense. Right. And I feel like I've talked about that before. Is that. Like, it's the only way to bet, like, it's, it's the only way to bet on them struggling is, like, I talked about this with, like, you know, when Milwaukee was putting PJ on KD, like, you know, like, he's going to get his game off at some point. And honestly, it was crazy that he almost didn't get his game Ever. off this whole series. Yeah. But even then, right, like, there's there's no other solution, right? The only way is to make their tough shots even, or not to make their tough shots even tougher, but to say, I dare you to, you know, make your tough shots and I'll, like, challenge you. Julio, what do you think the Celtics did that negated Kyrie and KD's ability insane, to hit tough in, shots? Insane perimeter defense and aggression. The fact that they're all quick, the fact that they're all long, and the fact that they're all strong. Strong. I think that's what the, that's, primary, that's the what biggest thing was like. So strength. They weren't, and, and they have good depth, so they're not afraid to get into a little bit of foul trouble. And, and they were shooting their ass off. Yeah. The, they would. They, as a team, they shot the ass. And it's like, this is what I was, uh, you know, t- telling, you know, my parents and just people I was watching with. They're like, they're just, I, I don't know what it is. It's like they have, that team is full of just 
dogs that go after the fucking basketball. It's like pit bulls chasing after a steak. It's it's so crazy. Like they just attack. Like they see ball, they see any weakness, they see any back dribble, they see any like uh uh just you know, I guess I don't, I don't want to say weakness, but just like let me step back and reassess just like ball handlers do and usually defenders stay there. Marcus Smart will fucking hunt your ass and be in like be down there where the ball is. It's it's so crazy and uh we'll talk about that, you know, the defensive strategy next series, but it's is so crazy to me. Even without Robert Williams, um, you know, Tatum defended his ass off, Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. Like, they were all so tough. So, all lanky, all quick, and all strong. I mean, that was that was the strategy there, and obviously to frustrate KD. And I, I honestly, like, KD got good looks. I'm not even going to front. He just he had a bad series. Yeah. The thing is, like, they started off by throwing him so off rhythm in like the beginning of the games, especially I think in games one and two, that when he got the looks at the end of the game, he was so out of rhythm that his open looks, he was missing them, which is, I feel like that's kind of how that works. Like you never let him get into rhythm that even when he does get like the rare chance at an open shot, like he's not in rhythm to capitalize off of it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean like I, I do have to credit Boston's defense, like, Tremendously, because that, that's like some of the best team, like team schemes in terms. Of and that's the thing; they're all on player. a string. It's not that they're all. Yes, they're all individually good defenders or great defenders, whatever. But it's it's the fact that you know you get by one dude and they all rotate and switch perfectly, like at the same time, like all on a string. It's and each, ridiculous. Each of them, and I don't know if y'all saw this, but Al Horford actually got Defensive Player of the Year votes. Which is kind of surprised was surprising to me at the time, but in like if he's been playing defense like this all year, then that really shouldn't have come as a surprise to me. Yeah, um, I don't I don't know about getting votes, but he's like, like they he all, deserves a lot of praise just for his career. Like he's always been that guy his whole career. But to Julio's point, like they they're all so great collectively, but then they all excel at the same time individually as well. Like Jason Tatum did not back down to that Kevin Durant matchup when it came his way. He prided himself on it. He prided you you could say that yeah, from a mentality standpoint, Jason Tatum felt it more important to his assignment to defend Kevin Durant was more important than his assignment to go score. You could tell that that, that was a sort of approach that he was taking to that assignment. I mean, you know what Marcus Smart comes with. But Al Horford for him to, you know, share the floor with Robert Williams when he did ultimately come back and not be left hung out to dry on the perimeter at his age. That's nuts. They're so, I mean, think, think of the front court. I mean, Grant Williams, Robert played his ass. Grant Williams, Robert Williams, Daniel Tice, Al Horford, and, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Robert Williams. That's five deep. You named Robert Williams twice. I didn't. Are you sure? But he's worth two people. Like John, Robert, Robert Williams, Williams, Robert Williams, again, Williams he's that good. Al Horford, yeah, Daniel Tice, that's four. They go four deep in the front court with, yeah. with solid ass dudes, and then you got Marcus Smart. You know what's crazy? Yeah, this is aside. And there's cancer really mad. He got cut from that team, bro. And there's freedom. <laughs> like you're shit compared to everything. <laughs> Sorry, that's besides the point. But you mean you mean and there's freedom? And there's whatever the fuck you want. Or Whatever, and then yeah, as you were saying in, so, in the front court or the so, back court. So where, but where? Okay, where do the Nets go from now? Okay, that's 
Fire Nash, obviously. Okay, Fire Nash. Okay, I'd agree. Like, why? But because you need a coach. But I thought Kyrie said we don't have a coach or whatever. Well, shit, you gonna gonna have have to change that that philosophy because you just got exposed. Like you thought that little bucket getting shit was. I mean, we all did. We all thought that bucket shit getting shit was gonna work, but clearly not. And it does work, but you just need a. A not if you got to go toe to toe with that team every year. No, it does work, but you just need more of a blend. I think they will. Like, I, mean, I think they both want to win. Honest, right? They both like, want to win. Like who's running the show there? Uh, yeah, it's Kyrie and KD, right? but I, I think they both want to win. I, they I got would, humbled a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They got humbled a little bit. Exactly. And um, so, I, I mean, in ter- I, I'm talking about in terms of personnel on the court, though. Obviously, Ben Simmons coming back. That will help How you. How do you feel about the whole Ben Simmons, like, supposed to come back but didn't come back thing? No, I mean, remember you, you asked me? Like, do do you think uh, he's gonna come back? I said yes, but if they lose Game Three, he won't come back, mm-hmm. and as he shouldn't. And everybody's like, "Oh, well, you said he was gonna come back, and just because you lost, you said no." It's a smart decision. Why am I gonna throw this man out there when I'm down three zero for no reason? Yeah, it makes I mean, no we, sense. With all the shit he's been going through, that's probably not a good situation for makes him. Makes no sense. Yeah, like, even even if they won, he hasn't played in a year, right? It's like. Players don't just come back after not playing NBA basketball for a year and are effective in a playoff setting against yeah, exactly. that fucking team. Like, no. Which is why, which is why I wish the reporting, like whoever leaked the reports, just would have said he's, you know, he's done for the year. Like, we're not going to bring him back in the playoffs. Like, would he have gotten blowback for it? Maybe, but definitely I mean, not worse so than those it wasn't. It wasn't just the reporters' thing because Ben Simmons was on some like, watch this. Yeah, yeah, remember that? that like, that was, to, to, that was probably a weird thing, but you know, maybe he was just in a better space that day where he was like, you know, I'm feeling good about my game, yada yada. Yeah. So in in terms in, ter- in, in terms of the team, they need uh, I feel like a freaking they need upgrades at the in the front court. Number one, Lamarcus, they obviously didn't p- play him at all. I feel I feel like there was a spot for him in, in you know to play a few minutes every quarter or a few minutes every half at least in this series. Because they were, you know, their big man play was horrendous. That's number one. Because Nick Claxton, you know, I, I I do like him, but I think he's going to be a really good backup. And the fact that he can't shoot just frustrates the shit out of me. Andre Drummond was a horrible player, especially in this series. When you have a hound of fucking dogs just, like, on the ground, just defending like crazy, his favorite thing is to put, is to do what? The, the opposite of Jonas Valanciunas. You see Jonas Valanciunas get a rebound or a ball, he keeps that shit up above his head. Even Steven Adams d- does a good job about that. Drummond, oh my God, he frustrates me, bro. He he loves to put the ball down. See, that's the difference. He's frustrating to you. He's just hilarious to me, bro. Stop Dr. putting Dr. the Drummond ball. is the funniest basketball player to and watch. Then, and then Blake Griffin obviously has no role with the team going forward. So He played well when he got his minutes, That's why. And, and remember I said you need to give some minutes to Blake or LaMarcus in this series because they got killed in the first game and, and, uh, on, on the rebounding end. So you got to mix it up somewhat. But I feel like those things can be resolved with other players. So those three going to the wayside. In terms of uh, pat, uh, you know, their backcourt, I feel like it's a little bit too crowded. I could move off of a, a guy like Patty Mills, welcome a guy back like Joe Harris. I think that's going to help them on the wing a little bit. And I might even package Joe Harris for, for something else at the trade deadline uh, w- once he, he 
shows teams he, he you know he still has his three point shot and you know he's killing teams like that. But other than that, I mean, what they need is another wing, and that's what they're really lacking. Another wing, you know, to add to their team, to add to depth and defense, and uh, to, to use as a guy like that. Because Joe Harris, he is a wing, but he's not that guy to you know put on another play, another team's best score or anything like that. So what they need is wing depth, improvement on, at the front court, and clear up the 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 backcourt a little bit. And I got keep you, Seth. I got your wing depth. What? And I got front court for you. Dylan Brooks, Steven Adams. Who am I giving up? You really? Who are you giving up? D- Dylan Brooks. Dylan and Brooks and Steven Adams. I don't like Dylan Brooks. But for who? Who are you willing to offer? I ain't got nobody, bro, that you would like. I know you want Seth, but. Hey, you got to give me Seth. I, know I ain't giving that. you I, Seth. I, I ain't got to give me Seth. Give me a. Joe Harris, I guess the only other person. I'll give you Joe. I might give you Joe Harris. We could talk about that. <laughs> I, I, hey, 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 Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Eddie, 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 Eddie. If I propose that trade, he would say he would not, like a few months ago or last year, this man would not be sitting here saying, I, I, I might have to think about Stop it. <laughs> You know what? I still gotta think about it. That's why I said let's think about it. You would have shot, bro, bro. Don't don't even play with me, dog. Don't don't play. I'm with not me. playing with you. Don't Anyways. play. I, I think Brooklyn's in a great place personnel wise, right? Like I mean, first of all, you have Katie and Kyrie. Like they're still great. They're still elite. Like I think between Seth and Joe Harris, like you don't need both. So you can move off of one and use them as a trade piece. Like, Ben Simmons, if he does come back, you know, healthy in the right mind space, like, that would be great for them. I think... Bruce Brown, you know, Brown is good. Yeah, Bruce Brown is a great role player. I think Miles Turner is a guy they should Miles Turner is a... Because they need... Because, look, they need size, and I know, like... And he has shooting, know, people too. People have thoughts about Miles Turner, but, like, that's size, right? And it's like... Yeah, size and someone who can potentially space the floor, like, I think... That's what you kind of want, and he's going to be there. My issue with Miles Turner is that he's tall and can shoot and can block shots, but he's no interior presence at all. At all. He's not physical. That's what I feel like I need, though. But honestly, if you're Brooklyn and and you already have guys that can score the ball, and you have guys that can play good perimeter defense if they're locked in, you just need someone to be big out there because that was their their problem. They just didn't have anyone who could be big. Um, last series, Bulls, Bucks. I don't think there's really much to say here. Not much to say. Uh, I feel like Chicago is, you know, they're disappointed. Obviously, Levine wasn't 100 percent going to need surgery after the season. Um, Alex Caruso didn't play last game. He was hurt, you know, throughout the season. And I mean, AC does get hurt throughout, you know, every few games uh, throughout the season, and Lonzo obviously wasn't there. So they, they what they're feeling is kind of incomplete, but, I mean, it, it's good that they got that little taste in their mouth that, you know, we can really be something, and it's going to force the front office to even further improve the team. Sign Levine back to, to a good contract and uh, improve the depth because, I mean, even though this year was kind of like an exaggeration of freaking injuries, COVID, and, and everything else, um, it did show that they're going to need a little bit of help from all, you know, positions and just a little bit more depth. But, no, it, it was good for them. They had a good year, but Giannis, obviously, is Giannis. Tight. All right. All right, again, the second round preview.
preview? Oh, Let's yeah. Let's do it. All right. This has been the Hoop and Holler podcast. 